0: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Live from Pawnee. This week, we are talking about episode five, The Banquet. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how you doing? Hey,
1: Alan, I am super good and getting better. How about you?
0: Well, I can't top that, I'll tell you that. <laughs> So Mark, you know, this week is uh episode five are we're, we're way more than halfway through this season. It's kind of hard to believe that there's, there's this episode. And then I, next week we'll have the sixth and final episode of season one.
1: Right. That's not too unusual. I think a lot of sitcoms or, or shows in general with their first seasons can have somewhat of a reduced uh, episode count, but still, yeah, it's kind of weird to think that after six, the episode, season one is going to be over,
0: but you know what? It's nice. It's, it's good to be on episode five and, uh, I like I like what we're doing Me too. Here. All right, well, let's talk about this episode, Mark. I know um, typically we might talk through the the cold open to kind of kick us off, but I think uh, we both like this one, and and maybe we'll just give this one a play this week. I think that's a great idea. All right, here we go. In a town as old as Pawnee, there's a lot of history in every acre. This wooded area is the site of um, the murder, actually, of Nathaniel Bixby Mark. He was a pioneer who was killed by a tribe of Wamapoke Indians after he traded them a baby for what is now Indianapolis. <laughs> they cut his face off and they made it into a dream catcher and they made his legs into rain sticks. And that's the great thing about Indians back then is they used every part of the pioneer. Awesome. <laughs> every part I like that. They're, you know, they're not wasteful. No,
1: they are very, very resourceful Indians.
0: The other thing I love about that is to know that uh, that is the origin story of Indianapolis, our home city.
1: Yep. Yep. They, uh, he traded him a baby.
0: I I, I did once read a small little pamphlet about the history of Indianapolis and I missed that part. (laughs) I did too.
1: I think they need to bring that back. It's very colorful. I think they do. You know, one one thing I caught, uh, I know that in a prior episode, you had um, started to talk about first and tropes which i thought was a great idea and for the tropes you know it's a it's a nice thing to be able to say well hey th- there is another thing in a in a series of things
0: that they're doing uh mural do you catch that i did yeah i saw they did a shot of the mural during the discussion right, right? It, it, so that's the third mural we've i seen? think
1: so it actually showed nathaniel bixby mark trading that's right the baby and buying yes. indianapolis
0: It was already in a little papoose. I didn't know if the (laughs) Indians had already wrapped it as, as they took the gift or if he put it in Indian appropriate apparel and then traded it.
1: I I don't know. I assumed he was just going to dress it up like a Toblerone or something and then give it over to the Indians.
0: (laughs) They get back to their, 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 their village and they open it up and there's nothing inside, but a chocolate. Oh, still it's good chocolate. That's the worst. You can't trust a a white Englishman. No, never, never. Anyway, yeah. this week's episode, The Banquet, is episode five, as we said. It was directed by Beth McCarthy Miller and was written by Tucker Cawley. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I think it's about time for us to go through our
1: AKAs. I agree. Let's see. Now, we've been alternating each week, so that would make, uh, who should go first this week? I forget.
0: I think it's my turn to go first. Uh, you went first last week, so I'll, I'll, I'll lead I'm us on. sure
1: off. you always said, all right, you go ahead.
0: <laughs> You'll never <laughs> oh, know. Oh, man. All right. So, uh, my, my, AKA, uh, was actually mentioned a couple times in this particular episode. Um, actually, I think technically three times if you include the deleted scenes, but, um, th- this episode honors, as we'll talk about in a moment, Leslie's mom, it's called the banquet and the banquet is referring to this, uh, banquet in honor of, of, of Leslie's mom. And, uh, she's, uh, apparently has quite a reputation and uh Ron tees it up and tells everybody you know kind of a little aside to the camera that she's known as the iron of pony that is great now, yes it's great yeah they they leave it to our imagination to figure out what's behind that beep but as i understand it there was a good long list of uh, dirty things that were said um, and not once did direct did the director crack up much to uh, the, the chagrin of Nick uh,
1: Offerman. Yeah. Yeah. I, as a matter of fact, you know, they talked about this in the commentary, but you can see it in the normal part of the show where where Nick Offerman as Ron Swanson first says, you know, I gave her this nickname. I call her the Iron beep. And then he stops. He leans forward a little bit and like waggles his eyebrows a little bit. And, you know, yeah. from yeah. listening to the commentary that he's looking directly at the producer going, I dare you to crack up.
0: That's yeah. right. And she didn't do nope. it. She didn't have it. 11 years of directing Saturday Night Live. Apparently I per- prepared yep. her for some fun.
1: It's stuff. inured her to that, although that is pretty funny. That is a good one. Um, so what is your, AK Well, I don't even want to give mine now. Cause you, you stole the funny, but I, I, I like mine because it's very, it's very meaningful to me. And it's also pretty funny. Um, one of my favorite scenes, and I'll get to this in more detail later is when Leslie and Mark and Ann are at the banquet and they are pretending to be zone board members While holding each other's noses and and talking about how powerful muckety mucks they are. And it's just, it's, it's, I love it for a number of reasons. So that is my AKA, it's fun to pretend to be zoning board members, which is how Mark ends up summarizing that whole thing when, you know, Tom's like, what guys, what the hell are you doing? And all of a sudden you you have a one on one moment between Mark and the camera. And Mark just says, as a simple explanation, it's fun to pretend to be zoning board members as if it should be something really obvious to you, the audience and everyone else.
0: I mean, I play along at home. I don't know about you. Every single day. I mean, if I'm not pretending to be a school board member or a member of the city council, I'm pretending to be a zoning board member.
1: I pretend to be former city councilman, um, Frank, <laughs> whatever the hell. Yeah. I yeah. like that.
0: All right. All right. So that's the AKAs. Uh, should we do the synopsis next month? That
1: is a great idea, Alan. All right. Leslie's mother, Marlene, is receiving the Tellenson Award for public service during an upcoming banquet, about which Leslie is very excited. Invited by Leslie, Anne is also excited since Andy's broken legs have put a crimp in their social life. Leslie tells Anne to dress formally. Visiting an old-fashioned barber who cuts men's hair only for a political haircut, love that, Leslie is given a short mannish hairstyle, which she is proud of. Leslie in short hair and jacket and an expensive pink dress are mistaken for a lesbian couple by many. Tom sucks up to Marlene during his speech while Ron sticks to a fact-based speech. In other words, it is true you have won this award. Uh, seeing queen of the zoning board, Janine Restrepo, who could help with the pit project, Leslie is too nervous to approach her. This is at the banquet. Marlene suggests Leslie suck up to her in her speech, but it turns out rather awkwardly. Trying to approach her later, Leslie is told by Janine to make an appointment with her secretary. Marlene correctly interprets this as a blow-off, suggesting Leslie resort to blackmailing Janine with her husband's recent DUI. Anne urges Leslie not to do this, believing it is wrong. Leslie gets defensive, accusing Anne of being a crutch for Andy, which makes Anne storm off. Tom talks Mark resignedly into bar hopping with him and wears an orange woman's hat at the bar, which he calls peacocking. Mark finds the women at the bar boring and leaves. Leslie confronts Janine about her husband's DUI, but can't go through with the threat, leaving the banquet ashamed. Leslie visits Anne and apologizes with Anne admitting she was sort of right about Andy. They hug, Andy gets angry when he thought Leslie was a dude. Uh, Mark comes back to the banquet at the very end Uh, but is disappointed to see that Ann and Leslie are not there. And in fact, the banquet is over. Back to you, Alan.
0: Very nice synopsis. Thank you, Mark. Well, with that, should we take our first break and then we'll come right back? Yeah, let's do that. All right, here we go. Hello,
2: this is Ron Swanson. While I prefer scotch, I am here to tell you about Pawnee's Best Gin Joint. Located cat eye corner from Food and Stuff at the intersection of Glenmore and Nichols Lane. Scully's is a drinking establishment that serves gin and other spirits that adults like to drink. If you want to go where everyone knows your name, then go to f***ing Cheers. If you want a stiff gin and an even stiffer bar stool, then Scully's is the place for you.
0: Thank you. That is all. All right, and we're back. Well, thanks again, Ron, for uh, reading uh, those these ads for us. I think this has been really terrific to have uh, the Ron Swanson himself doing these um, amazing ad insertions for us. I, I don't know how we got so. I lucky. agree.
1: I, he's a real trooper, you know. Uh, you you can tell he's full of enthusiasm. Uh,
0: there's a rumor, Mark, that it's possible. I, I again, I I can't, his publicist will not confirm, but there's a rumor that he may be joining us live in the studio on uh, for for the season finale of season one. Get out. Really? I, I, I don't know, man. That's, Just cross your don't, fingers. Let's don't, hope it happens. Yeah,
1: don't you tease me. You're going to have to outrun the blueberries. <laughs> All right.
0: Th- there All there right. we go. By the way, Mark drives a small car that is both the color and shape of a blueberry. Yes. Yeah. So True. Yeah. True story. All right. So, w- want to break down this episode?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I had said something earlier about really liking that you had talked about um, first. Because we're at the very, I really like it when you compliment me. Have I have I mentioned that? I, by the you way? mentioned how much you like that, and I think we ought to turn that into a regular bit on this podcast. as the great things that Alan does? We haven't had much to talk I, about, you, you know, re- until recently. So um, <clears throat> that
0: that could be its own <laughs> podcast, I suppose.
1: Um, but you know, at the because this is the beginning of the series, we're obviously going to have a lot of firsts, and as we've said in prior podcasts, they are doing a lot of things right. And proof of that is that these things are repeated over and over and over and they become tropes. So one thing that we already talked about is uh, in the cold open, uh, they had a mural. And I think this is the third one you'd mentioned that. And so that's something that it's just fun. I just want to keep track of that.
0: In fact, Mark, if you remember, we made this commitment and uh, I think here at episode five by now, our website should have been live and we should have some of these episode descriptions up and some of those highlighted moments that we talked about. And if I remember, we're going to try and call out those tropes. So check that out on live That'll
1: be awesome. Good for us. In addition to tropes such as the mural we also have uh firsts and uh that's important just because you know we see the first time they become a, a, sometimes the first time they become a trope um so i, I don't know about you alan i, I caught uh, one thing that uh, struck me as a first in this episode what and was that? it was uh it was the first time that leslie and ann had a fight
0: yep first i i won't say of many but every time that they do, it's significant. And, you know, they're always upset afterwards and they always make up. And uh, but you're right. I believe this is the first real fight. And
1: you know what? That's a good point, too. It isn't like it happens all. the It's not like the and compliments where, you know, Leslie does that all the freaking time. Yeah,
0: far more it, regular. It, this
1: is very uh, few and far between. But yes, when it happens, it's very indicative and meaningful. So, you know, um, anyway, yeah, that was the first one of those. Um, I don't know. Did you have any others?
0: I think that was the only first I actually had on the list this week. Um, You know, we we've we've met Marlene Griggs note before, so it's not the first appearance of her. Um, I I think from, you know, we'll talk in character development about maybe who got screen time and who didn't and some of that stuff. But there weren't a lot of other firsts in this particular episode.
1: Yeah, I think you're right.
0: What I will say, you know, is that that I think this episode and we'll get into this far more deeply in scoring. uh, You know, it was a tighter episode. I think it was. Uh, It flowed better. It moved better. There's some things I really, really don't like about it. And yet, I think in lots of ways, lots of positive ways, it was a a well-honed, well-crafted episode.
1: See, I I like this because you and I, uh, you know, all kidding aside, we're usually of the same mind about some of this stuff. You and I may differ a slight bit here. So I'm I'm really curious to kind of know your thought process about the show. I, I thought this was a great show too, for what it's worth. It sounds like your Your math and my math are a little bit different in how we got there though
0: yeah, that'd be interesting to see when we score this thing. I agree um, okay, so what do you think? Should we talk about uh, were there any good deleted scenes? Yeah, there were actually two deleted scenes if you check out the DVDs. Um, the commentary is also worth the mention as well. I, I, I really did enjoy listening to it. Yeah, and the deleted scenes, there were two specific ones that I, I really enjoyed. Um, and, you know, I, I think, again, all these episodes are really pressed for airtime and some of these bits just don't make it. Um, the, the two that stood out to me were, uh, there's a moment with Anne and April where they happened to be at the table alone. And, uh, you know, I think everybody else, uh, Leslie's over work in the room, and probably working on uh, the the zoning board member there, and uh, and and just, just trying to make casual conversation with April, and says, "You're a college student, right?" And and you know, she basically kind of grumbles and says, "Yes." And she says, "Well, what's your major?" And eight and a half seconds later, <laughs> to dead silence, Aubrey Plaza finally says, "Communications." I, and and, and, and you it. can
1: tell April is just not having it. And and, and no. you know what occurs to me? I I like that deleted scene. I saw that too. You know mm. what? This this may be a first. well. Since I didn't DC, think about that. You jumped on the fumble mm-hmm. before I could. I was <laughs> just about to say that, but I don't think we can call it a first.
0: Why? why because why, because,
1: I, because I'm going to be a stickler to to the rules that I'm making up right now. Uh, Is if, if, yeah, if it's in the if it's in the deleted scenes, it's not dogma. Uh, I know. Don't you hate me? I, but but I think I'm right.
0: Yes. Okay. It really bothers me, but yes, okay, fine. If that's the rule, then that's the rule. Till I change it,
1: I'm glad I said that just
0: for the look on your face. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Which everyone at home's really enjoying. That so.
1: was um, well, they're viewers. That no, that was a fantastic moment, and that you and I had the first thought. Though, I mean, honestly, that is the first of many that they clearly recorded with the intent of having April not like Anne at all. Um,
0: or or secretly like her, but definitely not let on to it.
1: Right, right.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. My my second uh, moment from the deleted scenes I really enjoyed was, uh, well, I, I'd say I enjoyed it, that it stood out to me. Let's say it that way. Um, at, toward the end, it's I think it probably would have been the normal closing of the episode. There's a scene where Tom has been scrapbooking and... Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I think you mentioned in the synopsis that uh, the synopsis that Leslie, because of this terrific haircut, we'll talk about in a minute, uh, and the way she's dressed, uh, you know, uh, the special haircut she got, and Anne dressed the way she is, that, that people have mistaken them for a lesbian couple. And um, Tom is saying he keeps this scrapbook of Leslie, and you're thinking, oh, well, that's mm-hmm. sweet. Uh, but no, no, I think it's a scrapbook of her failures, yep. clearly, because the the Pawnee Journal has said uh, Mr. Leslie Nope and his wife Anne, <laughs> and Tom is just <laughs> chuckling. He he can't he can't get enough. Yeah,
1: failures and embarrassing moments. It's almost like he's making a blackmail scrapbook. Yeah, yeah, something like much. that. Yeah, yep. good call, good call. I, I yeah, I think that there were several deleted scenes. Those are the two that that stood out to me as well. There was one other, I think, just because of one quick comment that was made um Leslie's out on the street she's on her phone with Ann and Uh, she's making sure that Ann has directions like okay do you have Facebook or MySpace or Friendster or whatever it is that you have that you need to go to I you know I can print you out and send it in a paper airplane or whatever that's marginally funny okay and then she says, "Well, you should invite Andy. You know, Andy can come too." And and uh, Anne's like, "You know, that's nice, Leslie, but he has two broken legs. I, you know, I don't think that he can. He can't put on pants." And so Leslie kind of pauses <laughs> and says, "Does he have a formal kilt?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a good one as well. I'd forgotten about that one. I think that's it for deleted scenes. Yeah. No, I, I think that's it for me as well. You want to walk through the episode a little bit? This was
1: a, this was an interesting episode to me because. And, and, and I want to see if you disagree with this, you might, but I, you know, with, I would say that with the exception of Leslie, not a lot of other uh, of the characters had a lot of character development. I think they had some extremely funny moments, but, That's but as true. far as character development, like as an example, you know, Mark, uh, you know, Mark's behavior in the episode really, I think drove home the point that Mark really isn't that guy. Anymore, yeah. Um, Tom,
0: we talked about that. We last. did,
1: we did. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tom, yeah. uh, his behavior—great, funny moments from him, but his behavior—not yeah. a lot of character development. He kind of, to me anyway, drove home the point that he is really—he's very, very talented. He's good at schmoozing, and and as yeah. I said, I think in episode two, I like that when they can make him something other than just a, a, a worthless, helpless nobody with no talent he does have talent and when
0: they he does but they he does start off in this episode though in kind of like i believe they did in episode two or three where you know he's he's taking notes for for leslie again (laughs) and and clearly this is not his 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 gift um because one i don't think he cares and two he's not actually doing it and so when she says uh read back what i wrote you know it's never right and it's usually offensive that was the that was the first episode that was one you're exactly correct yep yep so that that happens again here and you know and and there's a little bit of tom you know sleaze in this one as well with him really hitting on the girls hard later in the episode but um you know but it's you're right i mean he doesn't do anything he doesn't move at all as a character in this one um he probably has the second second largest amount of screen time next to leslie yeah i would agree with that um you know, Anne's got a little screen time. Ron's got a little screen time, and Mark does pretty much everyone else. And April a very little bit. Everyone else is almost non-existent, right?
1: I, I just I, I couldn't help bringing up one of the Tom quotes just because you you made me think about when he was mistyping what what Leslie said, oh. and it's like one of the things she says is, um, you know, she's dictating Tom, and she says. Uh, and she's writing, you know, the speech that she's going to give for her mom. And she's like, it was a great learning experience because my mom cast a long shadow. Read that back. I was learning yep. disabled and my mom cast a long shadow. It's like,
0: no, I know. I didn't <laughs> say learning disabled.
1: Um, that's very funny. Uh,
0: well, and, and remember last week, we also talked about uh, that, you know, jump cut technique that they kind of invented in this ep- in this series uh, for this series. And, you know, they're just one thing after another. And it's usually, uh, you know, Aziz just riffing, you know, and kind of going through and making stuff up. And one of the things he said is, He's reading back, supposedly, some of the things for Leslie or or suggesting some things to say about her in her speech. Um, She's only ever said the N-word four times in her life. And Leslie's like, no, no. Oh, more. Right. He's more than that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, actually, that that's a pretty good segue. I'm going to make it a segue because you mentioned uh, the camera having jump cuts am yes i am not uh, you know what you call a, a film school uh, you know expert or anything so so I, you are not going to hear this sort of thing come from me often um having said that i thought that this episode had some interesting camera work that that at least that i noticed and it, it may have been present in prior episodes as well um the commentary mentioned that in this show and uh, others that are mockumentaries like the office um Right. The camera in a lot of ways is often like an actor in its own right. Yeah, it it can zoom in yeah. to point out or punctuate certain points. It can z- zoom in from far away to make it seem like a conversation was meant to be quiet or super secret and that we're lucky to be hearing it. You know, And it's, it's really neat. It allows a perspective that otherwise would simply not be possible. And I realize that this show is not the one that invented it and I'm not trying to imply that it is, but it's a really neat concept and they make it work really well in this series, and particularly in this episode,
0: yeah, I, I agree, and it, I don't think it's the first time we see a spy shot, um, but they use it quite a bit in this episode. You know, they're picking up that dialogue between Leslie and her yep. mom, where mom is, you know, kind of encouraging her to um, functionally blackmail this right. lady, and you know, and we wouldn't normally be hearing that, you know, because the documentary crew were right there with Leslie. I doubt her mom would be telling her to do that, right? So that's how we're, we're able to hear and see that moment. Um, yeah, you're right. I think the office did this a lot. They also did it really well. Um, They also probably did not invent it, Um, but at the same time, you know, it's become kind of a, you know, Greg Daniels and Mike Schur thing with these single camera documentary mockumentary shoots. So um, actually, I think in the office ladies, one of their podcasts, they actually talked about it a little more in depth and just talked about even during blocking and rehearsal, that camera person has to be there all the time, actually rehearsing basically like an actor because they're moving around within the scene otherwise you know functionally they'll be tripping people and you know they they have to get out of the way and they have to get to their camera position and they're not always able to do that on a camera cut they got to do it in real time sometimes so it's it is pretty amazing you got to give them give them no
1: question yeah that that's a great point i i completely agree um you know there's another segue that i'm going to take advantage of (laughs) that you were you were talking about where um the camera zooms in to um, Leslie's mom, Marlene, essentially giving her uh, blackmail advice to use for, for, yep. for that Restrepo woman, uh, the, the queen of the zoning board. And that's right.
0: Janine Restrepo. Janine
1: Restrepo. And there's a great scene right before And it's right in there, you know, before Leslie attempts the blackmail, she's talking with her mom and Leslie says to her mom, you know, I want to win a Tellison award someday. They don't give those to people who do things like this. And her mom says softly and patiently, sweetheart, they only give them to people who do things like that. And you can see Leslie's crestfallen face. Like she's clearly, she's she's torn between her mom, who she's put up on such a high pedestal, you know, and following her advice and becoming what she hates versus being blown off and ineffectual, but staying true to her inner core. Um, And fortunately for us as the viewers, you know, she picks the latter. This is another example why I think Leslie is so likable, you know.
0: Um, You know, I'm going to agree with you because I I know you also like that. And um, I've been kind of hard on the Leslie that is in season one because I like the Leslie from later seasons so much better. But as I think about your comment there, and it's making me reflect that. know if if she was the polished politician leslie from you know seasons five six and seven and um scenes like this just wouldn't be possible right and i think you know we are leslie in terms of being the viewer being new to politics small town politics learning kind of how the, the the sausage is made in the sausage factory right and that you know When when her mom says that, that that's really the only way to become world class and be recognized, it it makes you kind of have that icky feeling about politics that we all suspect is is out there, um, you know, but never really been confirmed. And uh, it's I think we're learning along with Leslie that, you know politics is sometimes kind of yucky absolutely
1: and and this i i think t- to springboard off of that it that i think that also demonstrates uh, to me an interesting difference between um this Leslie in this episode being mean and how she was in episode mm. two, where I know I became grumpy, Mark, because I thought she was just kind of being mean right. and cruel and I didn't like it. It kind of broke the spell for me. And, and I thought, well, gosh, you know, am I being a hypocrite? What's the difference? Because I didn't feel like that in this episode. But I thought that here they allowed a little bit more. Uh, exploration for shame for redemption uh, showing me in the audience that like you said she really isn't cut out for being ruthless she can be yeah. energetic overbearing stu- you know bulldoggedly stubborn absolutely but 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 ruthless yeah, those, and cruel yeah. nope that, that's not her um in, in this episode she seemed ashamed at what she had considered doing whereas i think in episode two she was just like i don't know like more embarrassed that she got called out so
0: that, that's a good, that's a good point. And I, I think my problem probably in both episodes, frankly, with her mom, you know, I, I remember her mom and the comment she made in episode one about, you know, she's, she's told Leslie, sometimes it's just okay to be a wife and a mother, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, it's like, this is not the supportive mom we all want or we think leslie deserves and not even really the mom that leslie has later in the series so they they kind of backpedal that later and give her a slightly softer edge i think um and 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 yet here this is the last time certainly in season one where you know you can kind of see that her mom is kind of pushing her down the dark dark side path um but Leslie is is definitely not a dark side person right she she kind of gives us a little bit of a try a half-hearted try at that and then immediately regrets it and uh there's some funny moments there um if you remember um she 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 confronts janine restrepo and then um she as she gets into the threat of the blackmail, basically saying that her husband has a drinking problem, she she just can't go through with it. And she says, I'm sorry, I you know. And then um Janine's like, How dare you? and throws the water you in know. her face. And uh and Leslie is uh as she walks away saying, you know, I hope you have a long and happy marriage and your husband gets the help he needs.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's which is very funny. But yeah, I mean she's she's mortified, you know, she's really ashamed of what yeah. she just tried to do. Um so we and I think so that's a lot of what I think of when I think of, you know, character development. I think a lot of this focused on Leslie and, you know, you don't know the power of the dark side. Well, no, I don't, mom, because I'm not going to do that. Um, and the rest actually, you know, one thing that I noticed is I would say that until this episode, a lot of the episodes have been maybe not Ron centric, but but focus very, very much on Ron. Ron had some hmm. great funny moments so i you know my my uh my ron meter was filled and yet there wasn't a lot he wasn't really this episode wasn't about him you know that's true um i i love the fact-based speech oh my gosh i mean that 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 just echoes the ron that i will know and love you know for 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 seasons to come
0: well, he also clearly has a problem with Marlene. We don't know what it is. And there are actually, we didn't mention it during deleted scenes, but there's, there's a moment there where as he's walking by her, he says, "Miss Griggs, nope. And she's Ron. So there's something has happened between yep. them where we're certainly left to our imagination, what it might be. Um, and what might've inspired the nickname he clearly gave her, but uh yeah, there's no love lost between those two for sure.
1: Well, and you also have to wonder, you know, in the very beginning of the of the normal episode, not even the deleted scenes or anything, when he's like, this is right before he first reveals that he nicknamed her, the, you know, the Iron right. D- Pawnee. He says, "Right, Marlene Nope is a terror," and you know that that's that's the reason why people are going to this thing is because they're afraid of what she's going to do to him. And I'm it's thinking true. for Ron. To be saying that about someone,
0: hmm, what don't we know? It's a great hmm. point. Yeah, there's something there for sure. You know, we, uh, we're we right in the middle of this banquet. I think we skipped a couple of things that are worth calling out mm-hmm. real quick before we move forward though. Um, one, you can't not talk about Leslie's hairdo. Um, <laughs> this, this visit to Salvatore the barber, um, you know, I think his barber shop is called the modern barbershop. I I don't think there's anything modern going on in this particular barbershop. Salvatore clearly learned to cut hair somewhere, probably in the war. And uh, he's been doing it the same way ever since. And he doesn't even know what to to do with a lady's haircut.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I I love how they show, they show the pictures on the wall of the barbershop. And I think, I think one of them, you know, is barely when photography had been invented, and, he was, a, and yep. he was a young, you know, a uh, strapping lad of a, of a barber. And then, you know, they, they go through, you know, eras and presidents. And like the guy's got to be like 170 years old and he's still cutting hair in pretty much the same way. Um,
0: yeah. There's the Dan Quayle picture on the yep. wall, you know, one of Indiana's. Oh, yeah. Vice President Quayle. Dick Luger's on the wall there, right by uh, by Amy Poehler. There's some funny ones. And, you
1: know, in, in traditional, you know, Leslie style, she is so excited she is so over the moon she's just 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 humming with excitement about going to Salvatore because you know Salvatore oh he's just you know Salvatore is an institution in Pawnee you know he he's the one who gives all the great political haircuts like like that's a thing
2: and she she is
1: convinced that is a damn thing and she like sits down hey Salvatore how's it going he's like my feet hurt (laughs) ah classic Salvatore (laughs) oh geez do i know you yeah oh man um no yeah the haircut as i recall was called the mayor yes and that's how she's gonna wear it when she becomes mayor of pawnee that's right yeah that's right
0: yeah if you remember her life plan that that's on the list yep
1: absolutely good call
0: out Uh, another good uh another moment uh as we get into the banquet was was Ron. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think he would probably go, he doesn't want to be there. He said that he is not going to say anything nice about, uh, Marlene. You know, he will not, uh, kiss her rear. Uh, you know, he, he will not ingratiate himself with her, but he is there and will eat all of the bacon wrapped shrimp.
1: That oh, they have. hells to the, yeah, that, and it's
0: his number food. one food. Wrapped number around three his food. Three Absolutely. yeah, yep.
1: And, uh, it, it, all while drinking scotch.
0: Which there's that moment clearly he kind of leans back from the table and he's just, I think he's doing it mostly so the shrimp can move down, you know, guided by the scotch and make more room for more bacon wrapped shrimp and scotch.
1: Oh, I, I just, I love, I know I already said this, but Ron, there's two Ron things. Ron compliments, he's one of the few that outright compliments Leslie's haircut. So, so, oh yeah i like it leslie it reminds me of my brother he's an officer in the air force <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um and um and and his his very short but just so so rontastic uh his speech marlene is a woman she has worked in the government for three decades 30 years properly applied that's how long a good varnish should last <laughs>
0: So Marlene in the skunk eyes she oh, gives him she, she when is he pissed. says that.
1: So Marlene, it is true. You have won this award. Yeah. That's right.
0: That's all he's gonna yep. do. He did his That's part. That's it.
1: Now yep. back to the bacon rack shrimp. Yeah.
0: Well, and thankfully, you know, Tom is there, you know, speaking of kissing butt. I mean, Tom, you mentioned it earlier. He clearly knows how to to navigate the political landscape oh, yeah. and score points. And he's he's full on ingratiating himself with, with Marlene, Connor Sexy and uh, you know, saying how young she looks and, uh, you know, he, he really is just making the most of it and, and uh, killing. It's a fun. And, 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 and and killing. I mean, it's yeah. not just like, you know,
1: they're like, who is this guy? Who's a horn dog? It's like, everybody is howling. You know, he's being very yeah. comedic, very charming. Like he knows how to work the crowd.
0: Yep. And there's that deleted scene as well there where he goes a step farther and says something about, you know, the best body in Pawnee or something like that. And then, you know, he, the room is just going wild and he jumps down off the stage with this giant eight foot leap. So he's really into it.
1: Yep. Um, let's see. I don't know. I'm trying to think if there's anything else to mention. I'm kind of going through if, if there's any moments I had that we didn't already mention. Um, I, I had said earlier that I maybe my favorite scene in the whole thing is where they were pretending to be zoning board members and n- not yeah. only is it because uh, it was the birth of my aka uh, but it was uh Rashida Jones and Paul Schneider, who typically on this show play Straight men, this was a nice little platform for them like they they actually got yeah. to to be uh I, I think pretty funny in their own pretty right. funny and Absolutely. they did a really good job and it was just this this triangle of ridiculousness with them holding each other's nose and my favorite part of that was Ann, who is getting very drunk and drunk and is hysterical as far as i'm concerned yes. and so Anne sees mark start the insanity by holding leslie's nose and going well i'm you know janine restrepo i can do whatever the hell i want and Anne's like, whoa, what? Well, I'm holding Mark's nose now. Well, I'm just right. former city councilman Frank, whatever the hell, and I have more power than Gene Restrepo, <laughs> so I can do what I want. <laughs> and then, of course, Leslie ends well, it by saying, by holding Anne's nose and saying, oh, right. Well, I am Marlene Griggs. no and I will destroy you. <laughs> tom's like what are you guys doing it's fun to pretend to be zoning board members
0: and it's good to see Anne enjoying herself here because she's been kind of a bit of a debbie downer up until this moment and yet she's been the ever-present moral compass for leslie that we've already pointed out in other episodes uh here leslie's got the two the angel and the devil on her shoulders right and her, her mom is the devil in this case saying you know let's blackmail this lady into getting you know Uh, approval for the zoning of the pit. And Anne's like saying, Leslie, I think your mom's giving you bad advice. Right. Which is
1: hard for Leslie to hear.
0: It really is. And uh, this is actually what causes the fight. You know, Um, Leslie isn't having it. She doesn't want to hear that her mom is wrong about something and possibly giving her bad advice or telling her to do the wrong thing. And she p- throws it right back at Ann's face and says, well, you know, what about your boyfriend? Do you listen to everything he says to do, Um, you know, because th- the way I see it, he's got three crutches, you know, and you're one of them. And the other two are <laughs> actual crutches. So and that's it for Ann. So she's out.
1: I think Ann had uh, a couple of really funny, very quick one on one moments with the camera. The first one was after Leslie. Tells her mom that, you know, Janine Restrepo's there at the banquet. And her mom responds with, Ooh, the queen of the zoning board, and cut to Anne in front of the camera, and she blurts out incredulously. Am I the only bleeping person here who doesn't know Janine Restrepo? And right. she's she an isn't having it. The second one is after Leslie is done with her speech and she blows by Anne apologetically, saying she's no, sorry, I can't talk, Ann. I'm moving and shaking. And then Anne resignedly says to the camera. This is my evening. I'm Leslie's trophy
0: wife. (laughs) (laughs) That was a great line. Well, Mark, you know, I think we should take a break. And then when we come back, we'll finish up talking about the, you know, breaking down the, maybe the subplot of this episode, and then we'll score this thing. And then we'll, we'll be out of here.
2: Sounds like a plan, man. All right. We'll be right back. Would you like a modern trendy haircut? (laughs) Me neither. This is Ron Swanson and I am here to tell you about Salvatore's modern barbershop. Specializing in various versions of a proper gentleman's haircut, including one famously known as The Mayor, Salvatore is the only one I trust when my bountiful mane or my thick-as-a-fuller brush whiskers require proper maintenance. Tell them Ron Swanson sent you and receive a full Kennedy half-dollar off your next cut. Thank
0: you. That is all. OK, welcome back, everybody. We're back from break. So, Mark, uh, what do you think? Did we miss anything?
1: I, I think that we probably have a couple things we want to touch on. Um, I know that we had talked about how Tom uh, talked Mark into bouncing with him to uh, I think it was hmm. Scully's Bar. And we, we know that he talked Mark into it, although Mark wasn't real excited about it. Uh, but we didn't really pursue what happened uh, once they they got there. They had a few scenes where it showed them kind of hitting on women and, you know, Tom was wearing his, uh, his orange hat, which, uh, which he calls peacocking.
0: Yep. Um, love it.
1: And uh, you know, he's like, mine's I, purple. <laughs> I, I don't have a hat. I just have like a, a little beanie. I, I got to work on it. Um, but they, uh, that you know that they find some some women I think real estate agents Becky and Stacy. That's right. And yep. Becky Becky and Stacy Allen are you know very attractive but a little vapid quite frankly and Mark's uh, kind of look, bored. We,
0: they didn't have a deep storyline to be fair, right? We didn't get to know them.
1: Well, no, no. I mean, <laughs> th- look, they only isolated one isotope, uh, from what I understand, in their side job. But other than that, they're real estate agents. Um, wow. Yeah. But yeah, uh, but it, I mean, you keep me honest here. You know, Mark seemed very very bored and he got to a yeah. point where he was like he was even trying to say like do you he basically said to them, "Do you have anything interesting to say? Like do you have any exciting stories?" And they're right. like, "Well, what do you got?" I, I remember one time where I was going to show a house and <laughs> I forgot my keys and then the other one's just like, "You did that too." And Mark's like, "Um, out of here yeah and tom comes over and just like you know i i I did like what tom said to him uh he tom said uh you know i i need you back there man i i have seen you (laughs) hook up with more trashy chicks in the last year than i can count if there was a Tellenson award for hooking up with trashy chicks all the time you'd have several of those awards you're the king you're my hero please come back He wouldn't do it
0: wow well you know and i think uh including mark himself tom seems to be the only one that admires that side of mark anymore right i mean everyone else is kind of said you know grow up and i think he's heard it or at least felt it and he seems to uh you know this is not his scene anymore and so he he he, he bolts and he leaves tom there and uh right I, I don't think tom does very well on his own right We're left to imagine right And
1: I, and I think just to kind of tie two scenes together that I want to talk about, one was, you know, Mark and Tom at the bar. And then the other was Mark clearly leaves the bar, comes back to the banquet. But sadly, by the time he gets there, you know, everybody's gone. So it's like, you know, the, the people are cleaning up the tables, the staff is, and it's just completely over. And you can tell he's kind of like, oh, man, he, he's disappointed that he, you know, he probably because he missed Ann and Leslie and he was having fun with them. And
0: um. yeah, I know the director's commentary, you know, which was enjoyable. Um, you know, uh, they'd seem to be really focused on that. It was some sort of love triangle. And, and for me, I, I don't see it. I, I I think it was more about the fact that he was, you know, enjoying his conversation, goofing around, you know, they were, they were having fun. It was totally platonic. It, you know, he wasn't, you know, trying to hit on either of them. They were just all being adults, enjoying each other's company. And, you know, the bar scene just wasn't doing it for him. So he he wanted to go back and kind of pick that up where he left off. Um, I didn't see it as the potential fulfillment of a love triangle, although, you know, you know, we kind of know what's going to happen in season two, if you've seen the series, right. um, which we'll talk about at some point.
1: No, I, I that's a great point. Um, I heard that, too, and I thought, what? Like, I, I didn't get that um, chemistry wise. I didn't get that at all. I mean, throughout the so far through season one, I haven't gotten a shred of chemistry between Mark and Leslie. Now, to be clear. Leslie has on several occasions chosen to tell the camera and thus us the audience, you know, oh you know five years ago when Mark and I slept together and it was magical even though he doesn't really remember it and he <laughs> doesn't really care but it was real so he she's clearly kind of yeah hung up on him to, to yeah. some degree uh, it, it it's so far pretty...
0: it's a one pointed love triangle. Yes
1: yes yeah. it's, it's not really reciprocated. Uh, and it's not that Mark doesn't like Leslie. I think he genuinely does, but it's just not, not in that way. And as far as Mark and Anne, eh, I'm I'm, like you said, I'm not seeing it yet. Uh, I I think that any attempt to imply that what we've seen so far is, you know, chemistry in the making, I don't know. It feels a little forced. Wouldn't you agree?
0: I I would totally agree. So for, for me, you know, I, I, it was interesting. And I, I, I interpreted it one way. Um, it might've been written and interpreted by the people involved in the creation of the show a little differently, but you know, it, it, it really is up to you. Yeah.
1: But there's a right and a wrong way. We, we all know.
0: We're that. right. They're wrong.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. <laughs> what, what else? Um, uh,
0: the kicker. I, I think that was the other thing, you know, uh, you, know, we talked about the structure of some of these shows and, um, you know mm. uh, it's, there, there's stringers kickers buttons there's all kinds of uh, cool t- terminology you know this one had a pretty funny one
1: yes and uh, it, it was pretty short as usually the kickers are I guess I think I measured it like 12 or 13 seconds um, you know we know that Tom we've heard allusions to Tom being married and That's and right. and yet we see him as the um, that kind of sleazy horn doggy sort of guy that he is. And you think, wow, you are a piece of work, man. Well, he actually he's talking to the camera and he acknowledges that, yes, he's married, but that his wife understands that a good politician has to be, in his words, <laughs> appealing to the ladies and, right. and and that and that the fact that he hasn't even gotten close to cheating on her is, quite frankly, a disappointment to both of them
0: to both of them that's right (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and we'll learn more about that in another season but for now this is you know you're it does give him a little bit of credibility with his behavior not a lot but a little bit so it gives him a little bit of a pass right
1: right yeah all right well what do you think there's just one more quick thing and then I'm ready to go to go score it um all right the uh in and Les- when leslie leaves and she's horrified at her behavior with uh J- jenny and restrepo and, and ah. she leaves and she leaves the banquet and goes right to ann's house and as you you know they they just kind of had their first um fight uh, uh, of sorts um and you know she goes there, and then they and it was it was kind of nice. I mean, they kind of make up. She's like, I, you know, I, I didn't go through with it, and Anne's like, I'm well, I'm glad that's it's right. not you. You know, that's it, just not who you are. And then she's like, yeah, and you were kind of right about Andy. You know, and this isn't just, just a nice moment. You know, because you can tell they're going to be good friends. They yeah. apologize and they hug, and then Andy goes, whoa, whoa, dude, what, what are you <laughs> what are you doing hugging my girl on account of the haircut and stuff? And then, you know, oh hi Leslie.
0: I thought you were a dude.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, th- I thought you were a dude.
0: No, that's really good. I mean, I think it's important to, you know, like we said before the break, um, you know, the, the, the fights they have, this is, this is the first um, in the, the, of the, that particular trope and uh, they're all substantial and they always make up, you know, and here, 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 they both admit they were a little bit wrong. Although again, I, like I said, and we'll talk about this in the scoring, I feel like uh, Ann was a little more right than Leslie was, but we'll talk about that here now. Mm, mm. Oh, I, I can't wait for this. Yeah. Let's score this. All right. Who goes first this week, Mark? Oh man.
1: I, I, I can never remember. We've got to alternate it. Cause you know, I, I think you went first I, last I week. I think
0: I went first last week. When did you go first this week? Regardless?
1: I, you know what? I, I, even better. I'll go first this week. So, <laughs> so this is, um, this is kind of my thought this episode combined the best of episodes probably two and four and i'll tell you why in two it was not one of my favorite episodes um as far as the funny grumpy mark right it was grumpy mark was out in 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 swinging baby but it did have some some interesting content from a from a political perspective you know like canvassing and uh, and filibustering your own town hall i don't know how applicable (laughs) that is to real life but I mean, it was kind of interesting. the The last episode, Boys Club, uh, had a lot of great humor and energy, and I feel like this kind of combined the 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 best, if you want to call it that. I'm using air quotes, the best of both of those episodes. I, I think you know I, I gave last week's episode, uh, episode four, a lot of high praise. I said that it was probably, in my opinion the most consistently funny episode that we had had to date. Uh, so to to be consistent with that, I would say this episode probably wasn't quite as consistently good as episode four. I think maybe the beginning was a, a, a little slow, but in my opinion, once they got to the banquet itself, it was just nonstop, just boom, 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 boom. Um, and I feel like with with this good of an episode following uh, boys club last episode uh, which was one of my favorites to date I feel like parks and Rec is now kind of establishing themselves like they're you know what they, they've kind of arrived like they're solid yeah. they're focused I felt like this was a really really good episode uh, I enjoyed it hands down like th- I, I think it, this and the last episode are the only ones that I can really say that about the others are good but not not nearly the quality that we're, we're used to or that we're expecting later on um, I just feel like it's 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 worthy of praise because they're starting to really nail not only the little moments but also just the episode as a whole is just is just awesome. So, for me, I think I'm going to say I'm going to start with a with a base score of four. I'm going to add a half point for uh, pretending to be zoning board members, which I love. I'm going to add a half point for Ron's fact based speech. So four plus <laughs> half plus half uh, that comes up to. Uh, i it's going to tie last week's, uh, score. It's going to give it five little Sebastians. There you All go. All right.
0: So, so you're tying it with the episode, uh, the episode four.
1: Yes. I, I feel like it's that good.
0: Okay. I, I take your opinion and I will now give mine. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so I won't disagree with you there. I, you made a lot of good points. I, I feel like, and I think I mentioned this before the break and at the top of the episode, there was a lot. I really enjoyed about this episode. I feel like, you know, in terms of the mechanics of the show and how good they're getting at storytelling and, despite maybe a little bit of a slow start, I won't disagree there. Um, You know, the show was really kind of coming into its own, to your point. Um, You know, I think by this point, I'm sure the network knew the quality of the show and I'm guessing they had renewed it for season two. I don't know the exact date that happened. But, you know, you can see when they did, why they did, because it's getting better literally almost every week. Um, It's mostly an upward trajectory. I would say thematically, there's one step backwards here. It is Marlene. It is the, the blackmailing, but you know what? I, I thought about a little more while we were at break, what you said earlier. Um, you know, I think Leslie did redeem herself here versus kind of the, the other bad influence she had earlier in the season that yeah. also annoyed me um, here. She was really sorry. You know um, now she got, three quarters of the way into the blackmail before mm-hmm. she realized, you know, yeah. she was headed in the wrong direction. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I think a lot of that's exposition. It's, you know, we're learning about the, the the political environment and, you know, and they're really playing off of, of what we think happens in political, you know, environment, small town politics. Um, you know, I've heard uh, one, there's another parks and rec podcast out there. I won't mention their name because ours is clearly better, but <laughs> There, there are actually a couple of people who do uh, who, who've worked in small town politics, and that's how they got interested in the show. So that was their anchor. Where I think you and I came at the show from a totally different angle, just as general comedy fans, and certainly fans Amy Poehler and 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 Nick Offerman and others. But here, you know, we're seeing the undercarriage of politics, and I think this is their way of telling that story. Leslie doesn't go through with it, and that's the most important thing. So in my mind I, I you know i feel like despite that this is still a solid episode i really liked it um i am I'm, I'm also going to give it five little sebastians not because i'm copying you because it is the right score
1: <laughs> so let me let me let me summarize here i what, what i hear you saying is first of all uh, that i
0: was Mark right is right yeah
1: yeah <laughs> let's, let's i like let's make that clear to our viewers yeah. um yeah th- those are great points though um Especially the point that I was right. Um, I I I do think that it's great when you can see someone, you know, uh, tempted, uh, you know. to I know we've already said this to go down the dark side, and that yeah. they make the choice to to pivot to pivot away. Um, She did. You're right, though. I mean, she got three quarters of the way there. Yeah. She 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 pissed herself off. Far enough to get a
0: glass of water in the face.
1: And and you know what? And deserved kind, it. Kind of deserved it. Yeah. Kind of deserved it. Um, yeah. So this is interesting, though. So we're we're kind of agreed that they've they've hit a high point, at least so far. I mean, it does seem like it's, it's in general yeah. going uphill
0: here. I mean, you know, on a 10 point scale, we're, we're still only at a five. And I think we both know that there will be higher scores later. You know, as this show really hits its stride, um, you know, but season one, I, I remembered it. I think, more harshly than I'm reliving it, if you will. Mm. Um, as I'm watching these, rewatching these, I'm, I'm enjoying them a little more than I think I did the first time, especially when I compare season two to season one and season three to season one and two. You know, it just gets better every season.
1: Um, you know, I, I would agree with that. I, I I think I too remembered season one probably more harshly than it deserved. Now, to be fair to all sides, I think I'm gaining, and, and maybe you would agree with this I'm gaining a better appreciation looking at this, these episodes analytically, like this oh, for, sure. for, for the podcast.
0: Um, I'm mostly gaining weight, but yes, I'm gaining that too.
1: <laughs> you know, we do what we can. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs>
0: I, I pandemic I, 15. Yeah.
1: Man, is that all good for you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like per limb? Uh, um, so, I, I think that, though, to be fair, though, to us, I think the first two episodes were a little rough. I oh, mean, yeah. I, were they bad? As I like to say, are they bad in the grand universe of sitcom? No, I, I, I can't say that. Right. And, and yet are they bad in air quotes bad are they are they badder than the rest of the parks and rec episodes yeah i, I yeah. think so and so there's that that's what i really remember when i remember how how blah season one was it's really those two episodes then it, it gets a lot better
0: yeah i i, I won't i won't drag you know i won't beat the dead horse much longer but you know i i think it's fair to say that Hollywood has done a good job of least common denominator programming, right? You know, they, they look for shows that are just funny enough, just witty enough, just interesting enough. And, and. and Yeah. And sometimes those shows get amazing ratings when shows like this, that are a little smarter and a little more nuanced um, don't do quite as well. And I, you know, Mm. I never understand that, but again, I'll get off my soapbox now and we'll wrap it up. So, (laughs) so anyway, uh, next next episode episode six final episode of season one rock show, show. Yeah. yeah so it's gonna be a good one i think we're gonna enjoy it and uh we'll be back to talk about it next week
1: oh i can't wait man
0: all right thanks everybody we'll to see you next week see ya bye live from ponny is a copyrighted production of the creators Copyright 2020. All rights
1: reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompony.com for more details or to contact us.